Listener Production. Why is the tomato in my Greek salad purple? I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing, a podcast about the science of everything. Scientists love messing with things, and arguably, one of the favourites in science circles is to change the genetic makeup of food. Today, I talked to Cosmos magazine journalist Jacinta Bowler about genetically modified organisms, the myths around GMO, and how we could see more fancy coloured fruits on our supermarket shelves. Jacinta, in September, the United States Department of Agriculture put out a statement, and this statement was about a purple tomato. What can you tell us about this purple tomato and where it came from? So this was a press release from the USDA saying, hey, there's a new tomato around. It's purple. It's not on the market (laughs) yet, but we've been looking at whether or not it's safe for you to eat. Great. And so this new tomato, it didn't just all of a sudden grow out of the ground. Well, I guess it did, but the ground that it grew from was a place called Norfolk Plant Sciences. Mm Mm-hmm. This is a plant science research institute based in the UK. It's made up of quite a small team of researchers and it's called the purple tomato because it's literally purple on the outside and inside. And the reason it's this color, you may have guessed, is because it's a genetically modified organism or a GMO. Yeah, I was going to say, Jacinta, personally, I haven't heard of a purple tomato before. And as you could tell, I was quite delighted by the concept. (laughs) They are delightful. I'm so happy that they exist. Um, There are actually other purple tomatoes out there that aren't GMO, but they're not the same. These are quite dark on the outside, but they're not purple on the inside. These non-GMO ones just grow this way. Okay, delicious. But let's go back to these purple tomatoes you're talking about. And let's do a bit of a crash course in genetically modified organisms. Tell us what is GMO exactly? GMO is where the genetic material of an organism, its DNA, has been modified in a way that doesn't occur naturally. You can think of GMO as a really well-placed scalpel. So the desired genes are added or removed from the organism. This could be the introduction of genes from a different organism or a similar species. We often think of GMO when it comes to fruits and vegetables, but genetic engineering also exists in the context of medications. In 1982, human insulin was able to be produced using genetically engineered E. coli, which made it the first genetically engineered human medication approved by the FDA. That's the Food and Drug Administration in the United States. But for this story, I want to stay with GMO foods. And so these purple tomatoes are just another example of this. And they were purposefully designed this way in a lab. Okay, so what exactly has happened with these purple tomatoes? How have they been genetically modified? So they've been engineered to have much higher levels of something called anthocyanins. Anthocyanins are coloured purple or blue pigments. Ah. These substances are what give plants their purple colour. They're also found in other fruits like blackberries and blueberries. And they also have antioxidant properties, which you might have seen on advertising for things like Ribena. (laughs) These help stop a chemical reaction that produces free radicals. Free radicals have been linked to cancer. Did you know that I am absolutely obsessed with Ribena? That's why I laughed, Jacinta. I drink Ribena every single day. I drink low-jewel Ribena cordial and I love it. 
like way more than any person should. It's out of control. We were talking about it before, actually. We were like, you should, like, why do only kids get Ribena? Everyone should get Ribena. It should be an adult thing too. I, and I have to drink the low jewel one because like the reason is because my family has a predisposition to diabetes. <laughs> like, I don't drink, yeah, I can't drink the full sugar one because like it's just an outrageous amount of sugar to have every yeah. day. You don't need that. Yeah. I've got a real problem, but now I know that I'm full of free radicals, which is great. No, you'd have less free radicals. Oh, that's right. No, free radicals are bad. Yeah, no, I knew yeah. I learned that in you chemistry. Don't want free no free radicals. That's the problem. Like, definitely got some antioxidants in it. Also, mm-hmm. got a lot of sugar. Yeah, so much sugar. Tomato, purple tomato, less sugar than ribena. Perfect. Yeah. Let's juice that. Anyway, the team behind this purple tomato say on their website the tomato makes these antioxidants because they added two genes from snapdragon plants to the tomatoes. But this purple GMO tomato is far from the first GMO fruit that we've seen. Specifically, the US have seen we have not been able to have them yet. So run us through some of the other GMO products we've seen on the market over the years. Okay, well, let's look at what has been in the US so far. The original GMO tomato was called the Flavor Saver. That was released back in the 90s. (laughs) Okay, worst name. (laughs) Are you kidding? It was an amazing name. (laughs) So the Flavor Saver's original goal was to improve the shelf life of tomatoes. This one wasn't purple, though. It just looked like a regular red tomato. Sure. It lasted a whole three years on the market before high-cost production forced it to stop. Also, it just wasn't super popular, which is really disappointing, even with this killer name like Flavor Saver, (laughs) and it just makes me sad. But GMO foods go beyond tomatoes too. There's the Arctic apple. That's an apple that was genetically engineered to produce less of the enzyme that turns apples brown when you slice them. Oh. There's also my personal favourite, the pink glow pineapple. It's literally (laughs) a sweeter pineapple with pink flesh inside (gasps) the fruit. Oh my gosh. It would make the best pina coladas. Into it. Yeah, definitely want one. And the rainbow papaya. This was a papaya genetically modified to be resistant to a virus that nearly wiped the crop out. Okay, but it wasn't rainbow inside. No, unfortunately, it's just good marketing. Okay, that's a shame. But, you know, so in the case of the rainbow papaya, seems like there's a fairly practical reason for GMO there. But if we bring it back to this purple tomato, of which I am clearly obsessed with, from this group in the UK, What is their reasoning? Like, why are we turning this tomato purple? On their website, the NPS researchers talk about antioxidants and anthocyanins, potentially reducing instances of cancer. Um, They hope it will improve cardiovascular function as well as health and well-being. There's also a study that showed that this purple tomato actually did reduce the risk of cancer. I'm going to get into that in a sec. But The discourse on the benefits of GMOs across the board, for the most part, has been quite mixed. All right, Jacinta, let's unpack some of this science. Is there a consensus here as to whether GMO products are good or bad? Some people are super against GMOs and others praise them as good for your health or harmless or makes it easier to feed the planet. When you take a closer look at the science, there's actually quite a lot of misinformation out there about GMOs. So, for instance, there are claims that GMOs are more likely to cause allergies. This is just not true. There is also no connection between GMO foods and antibiotics, meaning no, they don't cause antimicrobial resistance. And most importantly, GMOs don't affect your health overall. 
they're basically the same as regular fruit and vegetables. But when it comes to these purple tomatoes and the associated health benefits, the research is saying it'll help improve cardiovascular function as well as overall health aren't exactly proven either. Right. Okay. Spell this out for us, Jacinta. Why hasn't this been fully proven? So the results on whether anthocyanins, that substance found in these purple tomatoes, is a little controversial. There haven't been any human studies that have found that they stop cancer or have any other major effects on your health. However, there was actually a major study on anthocyanins in mice that unpacked this back in 2008. And this study was done by the developers of this new purple tomato, researchers from Norfolk Plant Sciences. So I'm just highlighting this group has been trying to get this new purple tomato approved for nearly 15 years. Jacinta, that's a really long time trying to get a tomato off the ground. (laughs) But what was their research looking at exactly? So they were looking at mice and in particular mice with a susceptibility to cancer. And what they did was change the diets of the mice to be supplemented by purple tomato powder. So they would crush the purple tomatoes up into a powder and feed it to the mice by sprinkling it on top of their regular food, like a little flavor bomb. Delicious. And what they found was that mice on this supplemented diet lived significantly longer than those on a standard diet or the mice that lived on a supplemented diet of regular tomato powder. It's important to note that animal studies don't always translate to humans, but it does counter the GMO is bad for you argument. So Jacinta, we've been talking about the mixed opinions on GMO foods, but I want to know what is the real motivation here to engineer GMO? You mentioned the rainbow papaya potentially bringing the plant back from dying out. Is this the practical purpose here? Yeah, potentially. Another really good example of that is a type of fungus called TR4 that's killing bananas. If this fungus gets into a banana tree, it just decimates the area. And the only way we know to save these bananas is to tweak the genome to make them resistant. Some researchers in Queensland have been doing this by inserting a gene from another wild banana into the Cavendish banana. So in the case of being the last hope for saving some species, GMO could play a really critical role. That being said, perhaps we shouldn't overplay the role GMO plays in improving health. But look, for me personally, I would just like to have purple tomatoes and pink pineapples because they're pretty and fun and there's too much bad stuff in the world not to be eating fun fruits. Jacinta Bowler is a science journalist for Cosmos Magazine. You can read more of Jacinta's reporting by heading to cosmosmagazine.com. Also, if you're a fan of the show, don't forget to subscribe. You can download the Listener app to listen for free or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Just search The Science Briefing and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe. Mixing by Dave Stein. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time.